We're going to go to Luke chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 4 to verse 15. And we're going to kind of pick up um, from where we left off last week Sunday morning. I don't know why God swapped them around. Because <laughs> I had it on my heart to preach this in the morning. And God's like, no, 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 let's talk about the voice of God. I'm like, okay, and speak about this in the evening. So I'm like, just do what he says, amen. <laughs> so in Luke chapter 8, verse 4 to 15, it says this. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it, and some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it, and some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 9, and when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for those, and as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. In verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. And so you remember last week we spoke about the process of the, the, this, this. God sows the seed. He sows. He's the sower of the seed in this parable. He sows the seed into our hearts. There's a whole thing of that it produces faith in our hearts. And once faith has matured, we begin to speak it back into the unseen realm. And the unseen realm produces a miracle. I love Luke's accounts. We, 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 last time we read Mark's account of this. In Luke's account, he gives a bit more detail as to what the soil is. And he talks about the soil being the heart of man. And so when the Bible's talking about the heart, like specifically in this instance, he's not talking about our natural heart. Does, God doesn't come and throw like, you can't cut my heart open and find like seeds of the word of God inside there. When it's talking about the heart, it's talking about our inner man. It's talking about you know, our character, it's the realm of our decision-making. It's who we are. It's the realm of our soul, who we are, who He's created us to be. And so God sows His Word into that area. He sows that Word into the realm of our character, of, 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 our, of our moral structure. And this is the crazy thing. When we look at this parable, the Word of God is the most powerful force on the earth. Would you agree? God spoke the word, let there be light. There was light. Lazarus, come forth. Dead man rises out of a grave after three days. The most powerful force on the earth 
yet it can be limited or progressed by the human heart. That's what he said. If my heart is full of thorns, if my heart is the hard ground, if my heart is full of stones, his word, it's just like, it's a brick wall against the word of God. And so God can bring forth a word of healing, you know, to, to heal the paralyzed man. And if your heart is open, your heart is in the good soil, you receive that word, you receive the faith, and you'll stand up out of the wheelchair. That same word can be spoken to one whose heart is hard and it won't produce. Why? And it's like, it's just the mystery of God. It's like, he could come and, you know, why is there all these bad things happening? He can come and just do that. Click his finger and it's fine. But he doesn't. He, he always seeks to work with man. He always seeks to work through man. And even in this case, he, he wants man to co-labor with him. He wants man to partner with him to see the fruit of his word. And so Jesus explains these four different hearts, these four different types of people in this parable. And the first one he refers to is the hard heart. It's the one that says he, the, the, the sower sows the word on the, on the side of the road. And it says, immediately the birds come in and, and they snatch it up. And he says, this is the unsaved. That's what he says here. In verse 12, he said, the ones along the path are those who have heard them. The devil comes and takes the word, the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. This is the heart of the saved. The, you, I mean, all of us were unsaved at some point. I remember going out with my friends like on the weekend, and every weekend there was this guy, you know, and he would come, and we thought he was just like, we thought he was stupid, we thought he was crazy. He'd come, and he'd like, no, I don't even know what he said, just quoting scripture, like, dude, go away, man, in like worse language than that, you know, and so he was trying to sow the seed, he was trying to sow truth, but it was just bouncing off the hard heart. That's why Jesus would say, do not cast your pearls before swine. You can't bring the, 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 the riches and the revelation. I mean, we, like we read the word and we get this like amazing revelation. Like, oh, this is so cool. And you go out and you tell it to an unbeliever. They're like, it's like, it doesn't compute. It doesn't, it's like, no, dude, you, I think you need to go see a psychiatrist. There's something, there's something wrong with you. They don't understand. 2 Corinthians clearly says, I think it's 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians, one of the Corinthians. <laughs> says that, that, that they don't, the, the mind of the unbelievers is hard and they cannot understand the things of the Spirit because they don't have the Spirit within them. And so that's the first heart that Jesus is talking about. The second and the third heart, very similar, I, I wrote in my, my notes, are the rocky hearts and the thorny hearts. And Jesus says these are, are filled with things that are in opposition to the Word of God. These ones are saved. The first one isn't saved. The second man is. The third man is. The fourth man is. But the difference between the fourth heart and the second and the third heart is the stuff in the heart. See, the fourth man, his heart, Jesus calls it a good heart. 
an upright heart, a heart which is able to receive, a heart which is able to accept the Word of God and for allow that Word to grow. The second and the third hearts, the rocky hearts and the thorny hearts, they've got stuff going on inside. They save, they mean well, they, 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 they seek to do well, they receive the Word of God, they say amen, they, they go out, they agree with the Word, but then there's stuff that is undealt with in the heart of man that then begins to choke up the Word. It begins to, to there's little rocks there, and so the Word can't grow down deep, and so it begins to fizzle out. And so like I said, it's, it's this amazing concept where the Word of God is the most powerful force on the earth, yet it can be limited by my heart. Or it can be progressed by my heart. So how do we make sure that we don't fall into the first three categories? How do we make sure that we would be the ones who have the good heart, who have the good soil? Because all of us want to grow in God. All of us want to progress. All of us want to hear. All of us want the word to, to, to mature in our lives. All of us want to bear fruit for Christ. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here especially on a Sunday night. Maybe on a Sunday morning, some just come because their wife told them to come. But on a Sunday night, you're here because you're hungry. You're here because you're thirsty. You're here because you want the more of God. You want revival. You want the change. You want to see the fruit. And so very practically, we look at how can we be the fourth heart? How can we be the heart of good soil? That when the word of God, even tonight, is God so seed, into our hearts, how can we be the ones who receive that seed and allow that seed to grow up and to bear fruit in our hearts? And so, talking about these different hearts, right? The first heart, the unsaved heart, that's the one that Jesus sorts out. We, we spoke about it this morning. The Father draws, right? The Father speaks, they hear His voice, and He draws men unto Him. And then in Ezekiel chapter 35, verse 26 to 27, there's an amazing scripture talking about salvation, talking about this dispensation. He says, I will take out your heart of stone. I will take out your hard heart, and I will give you a heart of flesh. If you're taking notes, that's Ezekiel 35, verse 26 to 27. And so at the moment of salvation, Jesus takes those guys, who the, the hard heart guys, and he gives them a new heart. And it's kind of like, for lack of a better word, they upgraded, right, to category two, three, and four. And so he changes the heart, they become saved, and he gives them a new heart, a heart which is able to receive the word of God. And it's in that moment when after salvation that I must now choose, am I going to be a number two, a number three, or a number four? Because, see, the first heart, Jesus changes. The first heart is on him. But when I look at the second heart and the third heart, the rocky hearts and the thorny hearts, that's on me. I want to show you a scripture. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19. It says this, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. The New King James says, Whoever tills his land, and the Amplified says, Whoever cultivates 
his land. See, once saved, we become responsible for the condition of our heart. God's responsibility is to sow the word. Our responsibility is to make sure the soil is good to receive it. I'll read it again. Once saved, we become responsible for the condition of our heart. We need to till the land. We need to cultivate the land. We need to cultivate the soil to make sure it's good for the word to come. God's responsibility, his only responsibility, remember, he's the sower. He just sows the word. God's responsibility is to sow the word. Our responsibility is to make sure the soil is good enough to receive it. Our responsibility is to make sure that we are not heart number two and that we are heart not heart number three, but that we are heart number four. And so we need to ask ourselves this evening, if the word of God is not producing a harvest in my life, then it's not God's fault. It's not your husband's fault or your wife's fault. It's not even the devil's fault. But we need to take responsibility. We need to take accountability. Proverbs, which we read there, says, he who cultivates the land. It doesn't say God cultivates the land for the man and he brings forth bread. The responsibility on us is to till our hearts, is to, is to cultivate our hearts, to work the soil of our hearts in order to receive the word of the Lord. Amen. And so the reason the soil is full of rocks and weeds is because it hasn't been tended to, it hasn't been cultivated. I remember I tried my hand at gardening once. <laughs> and so Maggie and I moved into this like apartment here at, in Morningside and we had a little garden. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm going to work in the garden. You know, and so it was like a mess. It was like, you know. Obviously, the people before us didn't care about the garden, so I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put this rock there, I'm going to take out all these weeds, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to plant some spinach and all these things. So I was like, whew, got in there, I was like, stuck in, pulling out all these weeds. Little did I know, next week the weeds come back. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, <laughs> you have to do this all the time. You know, and that's what cultivating is. That's what tilling is. It's not a once-off. Like, I get saved and like, oh, God, thank you. You've taken out this heart of stone. Now you've given me a heart of flesh. Praise the Lord. And that's it. No, that's not it. There's a, it's, it's like your garden. You have to go back because those roots, I mean, those weeds, it's like you pull them out, but somehow they just keep growing back. You know, and you put that rock there, and next thing is like rolled down because it was rain. And it's like, and I've got to put the rock back there. And you've got to move that plant there. And so we've got to constantly be cultivating the garden of our hearts, constantly be tilling the, the garden of our hearts in order for it to produce fruit. So it's not a once-off thing, but it's a continual, ongoing process where we need to be cultivating our hearts because, you know, we can cultivate our hearts, hear the word of the Lord for that moment, for that season. It bears forth fruit, and we can say, okay, that's it, Lord. But what about the next time he wants to bring a word? What about the next thing that he wants to introduce in our lives? What about the next plant that he wants to grow in our lives? And we need to be ready. What the Bible said, be ready in and out. It's a bit out of context, but you know, be ready in and out of season. Have a heart that's ready 
to receive the word of the Lord, of that which he wants to bring in the moment. Okay, so how do we do this very, very practically? Is this first one is in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. How do we practically till the, 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 the garden of our hearts? How do we practically cultivate the garden of our hearts in order to receive the word of the Lord? So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart, another translation would say, Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. I read again, guard your heart or keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow, for from, for from it flow, <laughs> you can see that tongue just today. So. <laughs> For from it, say that what? Say that ten times fast. From from it, from Anyway, so for from it flow the issues of life, and so guarding our hearts can be described as this: as protecting ourselves from external factors, being mindful of the things we think about, the things we set our affection on, and the things we give our attention to. I'll read again: guarding our hearts can be described as this protecting ourselves from external factors, being mindful of the things we think about, the things we set our affection on, and the things we give our attention to. In the Bible, Jesus makes it very clear that our eyes and our ears are the gates to our heart. Jesus says the eyes are the window to the soul. And so what I see and what I hear is the entrance point to the soil of my heart. And so just like in a setting like this, or you're watching some guy on TV, or you're reading your Bible, Jesus will use, the Father will use your ears, and he will use your eyes as an entrance point for him to sow seed through. And so it's like you can picture it in like a really weird way, it's like, it goes through your ears, choop, and it goes down the little canals there, and it goes, choop, and it lands in your heart. Same with your eyes, there's little, there's little canals there as well. And they go, and it goes, and it lands in your heart. And so, the thing about the enemy is he just copies everything that Jesus does. And so the same way that the Father will use the gates to our heart to sow seed, the enemy will use those gates too. And so, when we talk about guarding our hearts against external factors, the enemy and the world is, is, is constantly just like disseminating ideologies, false information. You know, the Bible says, uh, lofty opinions, thoughts and imaginations, which seek to rise themselves up against the knowledge and the lordship of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus calls us to guard our heart against those things. He calls us to guard our heart against practices. He calls us to guard our heart against just certain conversations, even some people. He calls us to separate ourselves from those things. Because, I mean, it's like you can be in the line at spa, and there's this like, nice old granny. It's like, oh, she's buying the chocolates or whatever. Next thing, she turns around. This country is going to the dogs. It was better in apartheid. Yo, I hate that line. And I've, I hate it when they say that. You know. It's like they have no idea. But and they, they just spew 
this stuff, you know? And if I'm not careful, and if I start agreeing and I just like let this conversation go on and on and on, what's happening in that moment is seeds are being sown into my ears. You know, I, 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 I watch just crazy stuff and I think, okay, it's a nice movie, but oh no, there's just a little bit of nudity, just a little bit of language, just a bit of, little bit of witchcraft. It's just a little bit of sex. Well, there's just a little bit. The seed is a little bit. It only takes a little bit. And so he's constantly, just like the Father, he's constantly looking to sow those seeds. What are those seeds? It's the thorns that grow up and choke the Word of God. You know, we can, we can be in a presence like this. We can be in the house with the Lord and He sows a seed and the Word of God begins to grow in our hearts and it's growing well. And we just go, we step out and we watch this movie we shouldn't have watched or we have this conversation we shouldn't have had. All of a sudden, I sow, the enemy begins to sow a seed of a thorn, of a weed that now will counter the plant that's already growing in my heart. And the thing about weeds is they grow really fast. Like if you've got nice plants, <laughs> like my mother is like, she's really into plants. So she tries to grow these plants, but they take like forever to grow. But a weed, it'll grow like, it's like from this small to like that big in a week. You know, <laughs> and Rita's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so the enemy will sow seeds of weeds to purposely, and the, 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 the purpose of it is to choke the word. His very intention, it's not just like random, it's like, oh, this is scattering seed. He's very intentional in the seed that he sows. That's what temptation is. It's like he's tempting, he knows the way he wants to tempt you to. He doesn't tempt you to random things. It's like, I want to tempt you to come, come watch this because I saw, you know, you went to church and they spoke about this and I see this little plant growing. They come, 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 yeah, let me show you something. You know, and he puts the seed in there and then it begins to contradict and it begins to battle against what God is doing in our hearts. And so we have to be very, very careful. You know, and it's not, it's not religious. Now we can look at it and say, oh, this Christian life is so hard. It's, you have to walk like this and be uptight. It's not. But the truth is, the Bible says that the, 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 the road, it's, it's the straight and the narrow path. Wide is the road that leads to destruction. And here tonight, we the thirsty, we the hungry. This is revival. Walking the straight and narrow, that's revival. And so we've got to make those choices, hard choices. Sometimes not so hard, it's just a movie. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> it's just a series. It's not that important. But we've got to make those choices to God our heart. How, it comes down to how much do I want God to produce in my life. Based on that value, I will see the decisions that I make. The value that I have for God to produce something in my life will be a reflection of the decisions I make to follow Him. And if He asks me to walk the straight and narrow, to guard that which He's planted in me, and if I want Him to do that, I will walk it out. But if I have no value 
for the word that he's planting in my heart. It's just like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I don't really care. I'm just going to do what I want anyway. And he doesn't get to bring us to the fullness of what he has for our lives. Guarding our hearts is also this is simply just keeping away from the things the Bible instructs us to keep away from. And so we're going to look at a couple of those. The first one's in Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. So it's keeping away from the things the Bible instructs us to keep away from. Colossians 3, verse 8 to 9 says this, But now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, verse 5, and there's so many. But understand this, that in the last days there will be times of difficulty. For will be, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous. Interesting how slanderous is mentioned in all three. Without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. This is guarding your heart. It's separating yourself from the things which the Bible says to separate from. If someone's gossiping, walk away. If someone's causing division, causing strife, address it. Don't entertain it. I'm going to ask you just to put up a picture. This is a dandelion. <laughs> and so, I'm sure everybody of you played with this as a kid, right? Those little white feathery things, those are the seeds of the dandelion. And what you'll know about a dandelion is it's like, it's so easy to set those little seeds off. It's just like a little breath of wind or just one little touch, one little flick and they go flying. These things mentioned in the Bible, these are dandelion seeds. It doesn't take much for the seed to be planted. It's just one, hey, did you hear about Leanne? <laughs> she dyed her hair. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and Megan <too. laughs> Just takes, and it's just, it's one little touch. It's one little breath, and there goes the dandelion seed off into my heart. Last week we said that the heart is the production center of faith. But it can also be 
the production center of lust, the production center of anger, the production center of jealousy, of bitterness. Just one touch sets off a dandelion seed. But if I entertain a whole conversation of gossip, I'm taking that thing and I'm shaking it, making sure every little seed flies off. And they go floating off. Next thing, producing dandelions in my heart. Dandelions of anger. It's like, now I'm angry with Pastor Craig. It's like, now what's going on? Why? I've allowed this seed to infiltrate me. I haven't guarded my heart. And so whatever seed you allow to be sown into your heart, that is what will grow up to produce fruit. But again, it's on us. We are responsible for our hearts. We are responsible for what seed we allow to be sown in our hearts. In all of these things that the Bible mentioned, there is a choice that we can make. We are not slaves to gossip. We're not slaves to sin anymore. We're not slaves to anger or bitterness. We're not slaves to lust. God has given us self-control to make a choice in the moment. There's no excuse to say, oh, I just couldn't help myself. That's not scriptural. You can help yourself because he's helped you. He's given you the ability to overcome. And so we make a choice. Am I going to allow the word of God to be sown into my heart? Or am I going to allow this other stuff to be sown into my heart? And your life will speak the fruit of that decision that you have made. And others will see it. And that's just it, plain and simple. Black and white. Jesus said a tree will be known by its fruit. And so you can be known as the gossiper. And it's like, why are people avoiding me? Why doesn't anyone want to talk to me? Well, just check what's coming out your mouth all the time. Practical steps to cultivating our hearts. First one was guarding our hearts. The second one is a Psalm 139. Verse 23 to 24. David, it's really a prayer of David. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous ways in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I'll read again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts and see if there be 
any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So here's the good news, is maybe we do have plants in our hearts that shouldn't be there. Maybe we do have weeds. Maybe we do have rocks. Maybe there are seeds that have just been sown. If we are humble, and if we are vulnerable to the Father, He will point that out. He searches our hearts. He sees, it's like we can do the external stuff. We can raise our hands. We can sing the songs. We can do all those things. But He sees the heart of man. And so He looks into our hearts this evening and says, yeah, there's just a little plant growing there that I never planted. So I think we need to take that out. And so he points the finger at our heart, not to condemn us, but in order that we may bear more fruit, in order that his word can grow. And so that's the goal of, of, of the Father's correction, is always to bring increase. Because he knows that those other seeds will bring death. And so it's as simple as this. Allowing the Father to search your heart. If you've spent time with the Lord, it's like you don't even have to ask. I don't know if you've had those, but I do. Like, Father, I've just come to worship. He's like, oh. <laughs> it's like, let's get this out the way before we go any further. And so it's just being with Him. It's the pursuit of a pure heart. And I believe that's who you are. Those who are pursuing a heart after the Father, those who are pursuing the pure heart, the pure in heart shall see God. You have a desire to know Him. You have a desire for intimacy with Him. And in your pursuit of Him, that's all it is. It's simple. There's no equation, no mathematical formula, no works program. Just pursue Him. Just say, I love you. And He will highlight things to you. And that's the beautiful thing, that that seed of that plant may have been choking the Word of God. But He highlights them. He says, Lloyd, you need to repent. We spoke about repentance last week. Just repent. Repent of your gossip. Repent for division. Repent of that bitterness in your heart. And as I do that, as I come to a place of repentance, what happens is I'm there I am again. I'm cultivating the soil of my heart. I'm tilling that soil. And say, so I repent of that gossip and throwing out the stone. Lord, I repent of the pride, this, this arrogance that I think I'm greater than I should be. Pulling out the weed, throwing it to the side. And so the more I allow him to search me, the more I allow him to, to point those things out, the more I can come to a place of repentance. See, because he can point things out, but I can say, well, it's okay, I like that rock. I put it there looks nice. And so I don't want to repent. 
And He'll never force me to. Like I said, the choice is ours. He will, he will highlight, He will prompt by His Spirit. He will convict by His Spirit to bring us to that place of the pure heart, the purity heart, the, the, the heart that seeks after Christ. He will constantly bring us to that place of transformation. It's the ones who seek His face. This is Psalm 24. This is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. It starts out, who may ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, or his, nor has he sworn deceitfully. Let me just read that. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord, and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false, and does not swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. And it says, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And so just seek him. Be vulnerable. Be humble. Be open to correction. Pray the prayer that David prayed. Father, search my heart. It's a really good prayer to pray. If you're in pursuit of the pure heart, pray this prayer. And allow Him to point it out. Allow Him to show you the things that are wrong so that you can begin to cultivate your heart, that you can begin to guard your heart appropriately because He will show you where those seeds came from. He doesn't just let you take it out and then another one comes in. He says, Lord, take this out, but then don't do this anymore. Don't speak to this person anymore. Don't go to this place anymore. Don't watch this anymore. Watch your conversation here. Watch your heart. Watch your thoughts here. Otherwise, another rock's going to come. Another thorn's going to come. And so he will lead us in the path of righteousness. He will lead us in the way that we should walk. And so I'm going to close with this. We're going to pray this very brave prayer of David. And don't feel forced to pray it. Pray it if you want it. We're going to ask God to search our hearts. That we would be the ones who take responsibility for what's going on inside. And that we would deal with it tonight. So let's close our eyes. Again, not forcing you. And so we're going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to trust God that He will reveal to you. Maybe He already has, as I've spoken. Those things, as David said, that are not pleasing to Him. Those things that are thorns, those things that are rocks, those things that are potentially there to choke up the Word of the Father. And as He reveals... It's very simple. Just repent. Just ask for forgiveness. And it's in that step of repentance, in that moment of repentance, that you will begin to take out the weeds and you'll begin to take out the rocks. So say this with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. 
and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And now as he speaks, respond. Just you and him in your heart. this and teach me Lord how to guard my heart to be aware of the schemes of the enemy to walk in wisdom to walk in your counsel to walk with a pure heart teach me to cultivate my heart daily that I would have a heart that is pleasing to your sight. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you.